Hey, everybody, this is David with the Sales Development Podcast over here at TenBound. Very excited to announce TenBound.com. We've got the TenBound Sales Development Conferences coming up this year, obviously doing them virtually in March, June, and August, and then hopefully doing a live in-person event in October in San Francisco. Hopefully that happens. And in the meantime, definitely get over to tenbout.com, sign up. The virtual conferences are free and there'll be packed days with tracks on sales development leadership from some of the top leaders in the sales development world talking about how they're doing sales development today in such a strange environment that we're in and how they're being successful you know, year after year. We're going to be talking tactical tips. We're going to be talking about how to actually do the job in 2021, and we need you there. So jump over to tenbound.com, T-E-N-B-O-U-N-D.com, and register for free for the virtual events, and we'll see you coming up here in the spring. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am honored today to be speaking with Chandar the CMO of Coupa Software for about three and a half years, formerly CMO of Marketo, 25 years experience in the sales, marketing, go-to-market landscape at companies like IBM. Chandar, thank you so much for jumping on the show today. Thank you, David. It's a pleasure to be here and chat with you today. I am super excited to chat with you. Tell us a bit about your background. I mean, you've got an extensive experience, you know, and so much experience to share with us. You know, how did you come to be the CMO of Coupa Software? Well, it's a long story, but I'll just say that I started my career in management consulting with Anderson Consulting for quite a few years. But then, you know, careers are at the intersection of passion and DNA. And I realized that my passion and DNA, where they intersect is in high-tech marketing. You know, for example, I'm passionate about singing, but my DNA is not that great, as my wife as my wife reminds me. So it's probably not a great career to be successful to double down on, apart from part-time karaoke. But so outside of that, if you really think about the passion and DNA intersection, high-tech marketing has been it. So I've been in high-tech marketing for more than 20 years in you know what I call small boats, speed boats, and oil tankers. If you look at it using that analogy, small boats are like startups in the Silicon Valley, like Jam Cracker and Badgeville. And cast iron, which was a, which was acquired, the first cloud computing company acquired by IBM. Just my oil tanker experience, large companies, and then more recently, I've been really, really lucky to be part of some very, very good brands, which are speedboats, growing really fast as public companies. And as you mentioned, I was chief marketing officer at Marketo, and then recently, for the last three and a half years, an amazing experience being chief marketing officer at Coupa, and we've gone from you know about a 1.5 billion dollar mark, 1.6 billion dollar market cap to about. $23 billion market cap in the last three and a half years. So it's definitely been a speedboat and been a terrific experience supporting the entire marketing team here at Coupa. Okay. So this is an amazing opportunity, folks. So I have someone here who has this extensive background sharing some time with us. So I, I want to dive in. You know, Chandar, I read the book recently, Value as a Service, that was written by the founder of Coupa. You know, this is such a life-changing concept for business people. If you don't have the book, I would highly recommend you go out and get it. As you think about value as a service and how you execute that, what is that philosophy, first of all, for people who are not familiar with it? And then how do you, how do you execute that at Coupa? It's a great question, David. So first of all, the credit goes to our CEO 
and Chairman Rob Bernstein, and he wrote the book. And it's really a core operating fabric here at Coupa, what you called value as a service. And it starts with the first concept that people have historically, when we have sold software, we have looked at a lot of it is functional value, which is around, hey, man, I got all these different capabilities and what features and functions can I talk about? It's that shift in mindset on going and saying I'm selling you know, features and capability to what I'm ultimately offering, delivering is value. And when I say value, it's meaningful, measurable value at every step of the journey with the customer. And that's really the core fabric of value as a service. And what do I mean by meaningful, measurable value is that customers and the partner in this case, the person's providing the technology are coming together and first having an alignment of what success means And then in an empirical way, you're measuring that value on a consistent basis as you go forward and and do that again and again for every customer at scale. And that's the primary operating philosophy here. Yeah. And so in the book, there's there's challenges. I mean, it's it sounds amazing. And I think first and foremost, people go to market talking all about themselves and what they're going to do and all the bits and bites and not enough about the value. So first, you got to get through that hump. But the next one is there's challenges, right? in working with the customers because maybe they're not as aligned around value. Like sometimes they don't meet you halfway. Exactly. And so that's why I think it's important to get that alignment of what success means. And Rob has a very, very great saying in the book, was, don't confuse customer success with customer satisfaction. So a lot of times customers can come in and say, hey, I think this is value. And they might say, I'll be satisfied if you deliver that but that doesn't mean they're going to be successful. So it's very important, and that's where the, the trust factor and the partnership factor as a software provider is important. When you come together and define what true customer success means, and that times, and, and that in, in sometimes could mean that you're guiding them the path where they're not you know, satisfied, but they will be successful. And so you have to make the leap from customer satisfaction to customer success and really get that alignment on how you can sit and measure that value. And that's why if you see a lot of the case studies that Coupa has, Coupa.com slash customers, what we have is that customer holding, you know, that card saying, I got X millions of dollars in savings or X percentage in my operating efficiency improvement or X percentage in my profitability improvement, et cetera. Tangible, measurable value that we have captured together and we have showcased in their business for their success. Right. So, and that, that's a question I have is in, with Coupa, because of what you guys do specifically, you can actually demonstrate savings of real dollars and put that into a case study. Does value as a service translate to other companies where it's not as clear cut and you have to work a little bit harder to demonstrate, you know, that you're either making them money or saving them money? It's a great point. It's, it's so, and what that cannot get measured will not get funded. And that's the reality in today's world, where the CFO to a large extent is becoming a CFO in technology <laughs> and, saying, and understanding and saying, do I really need this technology if it's not adding to your point, top line value or bottom line value in a direct way? So it is imperative for every business to adopt that value as the service mindset to say, what am I, how is my technology directly impacting top or bottom lines? Ensure that I'm building a vision lock with my executive buyer and my champion early on so that I can go demonstrate this value as a service. If you don't do that, 
then the CFO many times is going to look at, is this an essential technology for me to have at this times? You know, we talk about essential businesses that are asked to operate today. And similarly, in, in this world, similarly, is this technology essential for me? And if it's not, it doesn't make the cut. So You're going to your be point, on the chopping block. Yeah. Yes, on the chopping block. Exactly right, David. Okay. And so let's take this to now you've bought into the philosophy. You're starting to get some case studies. As the CMO, how do you bring this into your entire you know, go-to-market strategy and, and the way that you communicate the value? I mean, it's, it's got to be a lot of fun for you, I would think. You've been there for three and a half years. Not always fun, but you, know, you actually have some real case studies that you can go out with. Yeah, totally. And it's, you know, like we said, it starts with that mindset of, are you always measuring measurable value and you're showcasing that? But where's the interesting connect here is between this mindset of value as a service and then how you operate as a, as a company is this concept of, you know, values create value. And what I mean by that is values create value is that you have to have a consistent set of core values that you define that helps you deliver this measurable value again and again to your customers. And so what could Cooper has been built, and again, to Rob's credit, is over the last 10 years, we've had three set of core values that have helped us deliver this value as a service. And we, we organize ourselves around these three values. Ultimately, an organization is organized around a set of principles. And these are these three core values for us, which is A, ensuring customer success, maniacal, B, focus on results and a strong bias for action, and C, striving for excellence to up-level our game all the time. So when we have these three values strongly cemented as a core fabric, foundational fabric for us, it helps us then create some mindset and an operating model for us to go deliver this value. So let me take that and then explain what that means to in marketing, right? If I take that. So ensuring customer success for us in marketing is, hey, who are our internal customers? It starts with our ADR and sales organization. Are we designing our marketing organization to drive ultimately pipeline and win rate success rather than just leads and you know all this engine room metrics that you typically sometimes talk about like you know impressions and leads but real tangible sales accepted pipeline and win rates that's one the ensuring customer success the second is the focus on results in marketing we call ourselves a revenue marketing team not why do marketing apart from revenue and measure ourselves on impact of revenue and win rates than these things that i talked about and three is just trying for excellence is how do we up level our game across these areas of awareness and acquisition and advocacy across all stages of this flywheel for us to become better to ultimately deliver this value as a service. So that's the connection in delivering value and these values that make that up, David. And these values, so it's a culture. It's a culture that is created and comes from the top. And, and then I would think that that would go into how you hire people, how you train people, how you manage them. It just permeates. It does. And one small point in that, a key point of what you just made is that it starts at the bottom and not at the top. And what I mean ah, by that is as okay. part of this culture we talked about in delivering this value is the mindset is to support employees and not to manage them. So if you really think about it, a manager's job is not directing or manager, managing an employee, but supporting and eliminating hurdles and showcasing that success. So what does it practically mean for us? It's a very simple thing in our org charts. The Rob sits right at the bottom of the org chart, the people he supports sit next above him, and all the way up to top to the individual contributor. So it's a support structure and mindset as opposed to a management structure. And that's why I said it starts at the bottom. 
And so you have a going in mindset saying, my job is to support, not to manage. Wait a minute. So you're saying that it's flipped over and the executives are there to support the success of the people that are individual contributors, et cetera. So every org chart at Coupa, if you go to anybody who's worked here knows this, is that when we look at our internal org charts, the way we represent them illustratively is the manager sits in the bottom and the employees sit on the top, visually how we show it. And that's a mental model for how we approach what management really means. Wow, that is, <laughs> that is amazing. And I credit to Rob in terms of yeah. how he's institutionalized this over the last 10 years. It's easy to have it when you're a 25-person company. It's difficult to do it when you're, when you're a 2,500-person company and growing you know, 30, 40% year over year. And that's what is institutionalized over the last 10 years for us. I think that's your, your next book that you co-author with him is how you do this from an organizational perspective because he hints at that a little bit in the book. Uh, there's one part where on striving for excellence, there's a little anecdote about some guy who comes in and, and gives a presentation to the executive team and they pull him aside and go, are you striving for excellence? <laughs> you know, to so call him out a little bit. Yeah. It is an important point, right? You know, it's a, it's, it's a good point that we all need to be up-leveling our game. And, and there's, a, there's a great Marcus Buckingham thing that what gets you here doesn't get you there. For us to go from a billion-dollar company to a $10 billion company to a $15 billion company to a $25 billion company, a lot of times what gets you here doesn't get you there. So are we constantly looking at up-leveling our game collectively as a team and individually as people and raise the bar and strive for excellence in such a way that you know, we individually benefit in our careers and we collectively benefit as an organization. This is such an amazing business. I don't know if there's anybody got any investment money, but this is a company that can actually save money at an enterprise level for people. So, and I listen to the way that it's run. It's amazing. Question for you. So bringing it down to, as you're building programs and helping market the company, working on the downstream with the SDRs, ADRs, and salespeople as you're trying to deliver them you know, valuable material that they can use, how do you integrate you know, value as a service and the case studies? How do you organize your go-to-market strategy and how do you work with those teams to execute that? Well, the first thing is to, you know, for us, ultimately align towards sales success in such a way that we are designing our marketing organization to deliver A, the pipeline needed for sales, and B, the enablement needed for sales for them to win bigger, win faster, and win more. So that starts with our core value of ensuring customer success. How are we doing that? Now, in terms of aligning our messaging, the, the big thing we have is, are we continue to arm them with empirical examples of value in the sales cycle they can use rather than just emotive examples of this customer has used us for this particular pain point versus saying Barclays has achieved a 70% increase in operating efficiencies by using Cooper's community intelligence offering to help drive supplier integration or Lyft has achieved X percentage in terms of how they've increased their purchase order cycle times, et cetera. So this is the mindset for us to arm them with this value, measurable, meaningful value, you know, assets that they can be used both in the demand cycle and the sales cycle that helps us deliver this value as a service concept. How do you compete? Because, you know, a lot of people out there, you know, they're saying, oh, we're going to deliver you all this value. We do all these things. Great. But you actually have the real results to show. So how do you compete with the people who 
you know, I don't want to say charlatans, but it's kind of, you know, if everyone's speaking the same language, how do you stand out? Well, I think you stand out when your best sellers are selling for you rather than yourself. And in this case, our best sellers are our customers. Yes. So when our customers are going to prospects and saying, and you're, you're providing a platform, and it's important as a marketing organization that we provide a platform for our community engagement where your customers are, are talking to your prospects about the meaningful value realized, then you eliminate hurdles from a competitive perspective because you no longer have to do yourself and go say, you know, you go say your baby is good looking. Somebody else is saying, the mom is not the only one saying the baby is good looking. Every mom says that, but somebody else is saying this is, you know, this is good looking and it's a lot of value in it. So that's the approach of getting that community engagement going when your best customers are showcasing these results to your prospects. And it all traces back to partnering with them to deliver value as a service because then you can put your customers first and foremost, like you said, they're going to be your best salespeople, right? Exactly. So the mindset shift that Rob also talks about in the book is the shift from this vendor to partner, as you said, right? Because a vendor of what? A vendor is, is, is vendor offers a vending machine, right? Where you put something and you're going to get uh, you know, a bag of chips out of it. But it's really not a vendor. It's a trusted partner having that handshake and alignment on the same side of the table together and then driving their success and having that mindset across every step of the journey, right? And, and so that's why a number one core value that I talked about was this ensuring customer success through this partnership mindset. Okay. And, you know, last thing, just being around for a while, you've got some customers that are very engaged and they, they want to be successful and they're going to really partner with you side by side. And then you've also got sort of the people that are on cruise control, you know, and they're just kind of trying to stay just below the radar, buy some stuff and go home at 5 p.m., you really have to have the right partner, right? To be able to do this because if you get somebody on cruise control, they're not going to be, you know, responsive enough for it to do this. Or am I missing something? Yeah. No, I think, you know, you're, you're right. But I go back to, you know, one of the frameworks I talked about that is functional value in a lot of things in products, right? You talk about, hey man, you know, this product has these features and these capabilities. And then there is measurable business value. I talked about that's value as a service. And then there's personal value which is what does that mean to that person in that organization for them to be using your product and be successful as a procurement leader or a spend management leader or a risk management leader, a risk compliance leader. So if we can focus you know, marketing efforts on showcasing their personal value and their organizations and how they have driven transformative change, then that is a great catalyst for them to activate themselves, you know, be less be on cruise control and more about saying that I want to go showcase this because it elevates my own personal brand as much as it elevates the value of Coupa. 100%. 100%. Well, this, I mean, this is, has been amazing. Chandar, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with our audience. And I'm checking your jobs page at Coupa Software because it looks like just the company's awesome, great leadership and a great product. So I just want to thank you for coming on and, and sharing your wisdom. Thank you, David. It's a pleasure to be here and have a safe week and months ahead. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call.
Again, that's 10bound.com.